Another Michael Rosen. We're going on a bear hunt. And I'm doing this because somebody asked me to. And somebody asked me to because Michael Rosen's um, We're Going on a Bear Hunt has inspired a banished coronavirus boredom thing for New Zealand children, a nationwide teddy bear hunt. People are putting teddy bears of all kinds in their windows and so on. And when children go out for their daily constitutional, a little bit of fresh air, which they're allowed to do, then one of the things they do is look into the windows and see if they can spot a teddy bear. And there's some apparently quite extraordinary teddy bears that are being put out and being manufactured. And this is all inspired by Michael Rosen's We're Going on a Bear Hunt. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh oh Grass. Long, wavy grass. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no. We've got to go through it. Swishy, 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 swishy. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh oh A river. A deep, cold river. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we've got to go through it. Splash, splosh, splash, splosh, splash, splosh. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We are not scared. Uh Uh-oh, mud. Thick, oozy mud. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we've got to go through it. Squelch, squirch, squelch, squirch, squelch, squirch. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Oh, oh, a forest, a big dark forest. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we've got to go through it. Stumble, trip, stumble, trip, stumble, trip. <sighs> We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. A snowstorm, a whirling, swirling snowstorm. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we've got to go through it. Ooh, 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 ooh. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. A cave. A narrow, gloomy cave. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go through it. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. <gasps> What's that? One shiny wet nose. Two big furry ears. Two big goggly eyes. It's a bear. Quick, back through the cave. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Back through the snowstorm. Back through the forest, stumble trip, stumble trip, stumble trip, back through the mud, squelch, squirch, squelch, squirch, squelch, squirch, back through the river, splash, 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 back through the grass, swishy, swashy, swishy, swashy, swishy, swashy, get to our front door, open the door, up the stairs, oh no, we forgot to shut the door, back downstairs, back upstairs, into the bedroom, into the bed, under the covers, I'm not going on a bear hunt again. And then, for adults or for older children, Pico Iyer, P-I-C-O-I-Y-E-R, who I think is um, perhaps the best travel writer alive. This is from a book of his called Falling Off the Map, Some Lonely Places of the World, and it seemed appropriate for this time. There are 101 kinds of solitude. There is the loneliness of the sociopath and the loneliness of the only child, the loneliness of the hermit and the loneliness of the widow. And as with people, so too with nations. 
Some are born to isolation, some have isolation thrust upon them. Each makes its own accommodation with wistfulness and eccentricity and simple institutionalized standoffishness. Australia, a part of the Wild West set down in the middle of the East, hardly seems to notice or care that it is a lonely place. Bhutan all but bases its identity upon its loneliness and its refusal to be assimilated into India or Tibet or Nepal. Vietnam at present is a pretty girl with her face pressed up against the window of the dance hall waiting to be invited in. Iceland is the mystic poet in the corner with her mind on other things. Argentina longs to be part of the world it left and in its absence recreates the place it feels should be its home. Paraguay simply slams the door and puts up a do not disturb sign. Loneliness and solitude, remoteness and seclusion are many worlds apart. Yet all lonely places have something in common, if only the fact that they are all marching to the beat of a different satellite drummer. And many are so far away from the music of the world that they do not realize how distant they are. Both South Korea and North are zany, lonely places in their way. The difference is that North Korea is so cut off from the world that it does not know how strange it is and cannot imagine anything except North Korea. This is how life is, I imagine North Koreans thinking, being woken up each morning with loudspeaker exhortations in the bedroom, being told exactly what clothes to wear and which route to take to work, being reminded each day that Kim Il-sung is revered around the world. In the half-unnatural state of solitary confinement, lonely places develop tics and manias and heresies. They pine, they brood, they moulder. They gather dust and data and keep their blinds drawn around the clock. In time, their loneliness makes them stranger, and their strangeness makes them lonelier. And before long, they've come to resemble the woman with a hundred cats in a house she's never cleaned, or the man who obsessively counts the names in the telephone book each night. They grow three-inch nails and never wash and talk with the artificial loudness of someone always talking to himself. When people think of lonely places, they tend to think of moody outcrops off the coast of Scotland or washed-up atolls adrift in the Pacific. They may even think of the place where I am writing this, a silent hermitage above the sea along the unpeopled coast of California. But lonely places are not just isolate places, for loneliness is a state of mind. The hut where I am sitting now is utterly alone. For days on end I do not hear a single voice, and from where I write I cannot see a trace of human habitation. Yet in a deeper sense the place is packed. I am companioned by rabbits, stars, and wisps of cloud, in worlds far richer than any capital. The air is charged with presences, and every inch of hillside stirs. I watch for the skittering of a fox on my terrace, listen to the crickets chattering in the dusk, catch a blue jay's wings against the light. Birds sing throughout the day, and the ocean's colors shift. Everything is a jubilee of blue and gold, and at night... Walking along the hills, I feel as if I am walking towards a starlit temple of Apollo. 
a lonely place in principle, perhaps, but not in spirit.'